This is the JWN Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Neenstead. This is a solo show. That's right, it's just me talking to you. And we're starting things off a little differently. Just a shot of That's right, it's the 21st episode. The reference is basically that that song is called 21. Uh, and it's a song I wrote back in the day, back in the 90s with my old band. Um, and yeah, this it's called 21, in parentheses, of age. Talking, uh, talking about titles with parentheses in them, uh, it's been brought to my attention that... that that a, uh, a bomb was thrown my way by another podcast. Somebody is starting with me. Let's, let's just take a, take a quick listen right now, because this is a little unheard of. I mean, I've only been doing this podcast like less than two months now, and, and I'm already starting a war? A pod war? All right, let's see what this is. This is the In Your Shoes Podcast. <laughs> I'm Amy. And I'm Kelly. And we're your hosts. <laughs> Do you like it? That's that's my new... Um, Joe's got, Joe has real high energy for his podcast, so I just thought I'd, I'd start like he does. Mm. Anyway. Oh, gosh, that was hilarious. We- really? I've got real high energy for my podcasts? Oh my goodness. Can you believe this crap? Can you believe the crap that I have to deal with? I mean, I'm getting crap done because of my podcast having too much energy? Please. That's the In Yo Shoes podcast. In Yo, parentheses, you are, close parentheses, shoes. With Amy and Kelly. Amy's my wife. That's her podcast. Anyway, yeah. So this, this is her idea, just pick, picking on me for having a little fun. But yeah, that, that, this is the 21st episode, and uh, if you haven't listened before, uh, I like to do a solo show and then do an interview show every week. So this is the solo portion of the uh, podcast. It's just me talking to you about what's going on, what's on my mind. And catching you up on what's what's what. If you listen to the last solo show, it was a little different. The last solo show was my deep dive into the work of James Baldwin, or at least some of his uh, spoken work, uh, interviews and things like that, and public speeches. And and uh, I'll tell you what that that hit the spot for me. It was just such a. Um, a much needed way to handle an unbelievable week of just sadness. So much sadness last week. So much anger too. So much anger, so much, so much lying, anger and sadness. And I spent that whole day just listening to James Baldwin. I, I, I literally dove into the deep end and uh, I shared a lot of it with you of what was going on. Thank you if you listened to that. It, it was episode 19 if you want to go back and listen to it. It's a little, you know, it's a little emotional. But I got home uh, from my studio that night and to the news of Chadwick 
Bozeman passing away. And that hit me really hard. It was like, oh, here you are. You just got your ass just handed to you all week long. Um, and you're down on the ground and you're just holding on for dear life. And then somebody with a steel tip boot just gives you a nice swift kick in the head. That's what it felt like. Um, it just was brutal, but they played, uh, black Panther on ABC commercial free on Sunday night. And we watched it. I, I, I got to a little, um, I wouldn't say argument, disagreement with my wife. I'm like, why don't we just watch it on our own and just watch it on like HBO Max and then we can watch it. We could start it before it starts then and then we can watch Lovecraft Country when it comes on. And she was like, no, I want to watch it on on TV, on broadcast TV. And I'm like, yeah, but we have YouTube TV. It doesn't really make a difference. It's, it's, and it's commercial free. So you're really just watching it to see the little ABC logo in there. She's like, you don't get it. And she was right. I don't get it. (laughs) But I've heard this argument from other people before that like to watch movies they've seen a million times before on TV, even with commercials. Um, I, I guess it's a community thing of like knowing that other people are watching it at the same time. I guess I can understand that to a certain degree. But, uh, I mean, I was like, I want to see Lovecraft Country too. (laughs) But I kind of was glad. I was glad that we watched it. Um, Afterwards, they did a little tribute to uh, Chadwick Boseman that was really just well done. And uh, it made me happy that I did watch it that way. But at the end of the movie, there's this uh, iconic line that that King T'Challa gives where he says, In times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we were one single tribe. And I was just like, oh, there it is. There's the, that, that's, that's the line I needed to hear. And I actually rewound it and watched it again. Cause I just, I was, you know, you, you hear something like that. And it just, okay. Okay. The world is not as crazy as I think it is. <laughs> there, there's, more people out there that are good than are bad, bad by far, by far. Most people are good. Um, let's just hope that we can overcome and, and that message will, you know, sink in for the people who need it to sink in that we need to build bridges. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was a, that was a, that was a, a long week and a long month. Uh, for a very long year. So I'm, I'm trying to keep my hope up. I'm trying to get back up, I'm trying to get that energy up so that my wife can make fun of me again for having high energy. I'm happy to announce that as of today, the JWN podcast has been listened to in 22 different countries. A few episodes back, uh, I was in a discussion and I brought up the fact that um, besides the United States and Canada, that someone in Poland had streamed the podcast. Someone in the town of Podlesi or Podlesi, I don't know how to say, I apologize. P-O-D-L-A-S-I-E. I don't know how to say that <laughs> properly. Um, but now there's another city in Poland 
uh, Lublin or Lublin, L-U-B-L-I-N, is my geography segment <laughs> where I mispronounce everything. I'll just spell things for you. Um, but yeah, two two cities in Poland checking in. So I'm I'm very excited. But yeah, 22 countries. That's just you kind of don't realize I'm sitting right now doing these solo shows. I record them primarily in my bedroom. Um, and you know, to think that I'm reaching out around the world with this is, is just, it's heartwarming that I'm talking to somebody, somebody's out there. And if you are out there, why don't you, uh, hit me up on Instagram or on Twitter. It's at Joe Latex, J O E L the number eight X. If you're not on social media, send me a, send me an email show at jwnpod.com. Let me know where you're where you're listening from. I mean, I could see the stats of where things are being listened uh, from, but I'd like to put a, a person with some of these places because I just find that incredibly interesting. Yeah, and speaking of things that are interesting, today, as I the day I recorded this, which is Wednesday, David Blaine pulled another stunt off. He, uh, he took 52 helium balloons and floated over the desert in Arizona. It's called, uh, he called the, the stunt Ascension. He was inspired as a kid by the, I think he said it was like a poster or an image that he saw of a man floating off holding a bundle of balloons. And I think a lot of kids have had that, that wonder. When you, you go to like Disney World or, or a fair or something like that and they, they have the guy or girl selling the balloons they got that giant bundle of helium balloons you're like oh my gosh i wonder if they'll float away i remember as a kid i used to think you know like i could be like mary poppins and and take the family umbrella and jump off the the porch see if i could catch some air and see if i could float a little bit you know the two feet jump from the top of the porch to the ground uh so i i understand I understand the influence for wanting to do that. And then there's just the the spectacle of it. You know, here's this man just floating. It, it, it's actually, if you go on YouTube and search for uh, David Blaine, you'll find it right right away. It, it's pretty impressive to watch. I mean, it's just beautiful. Just the image of him going through this beautiful landscape, floating with this, you know, these giant colored helium balloons. And however um, crazy as it sounds, I showed it to my wife who um, took one look at it. And she said, why? Uh, and I said, what do you mean, why? And, and she said, it's such a waste. Well, why can't he just use all that effort to help somebody? And I was like dead serious. And I'm like, well, it helps me. I mean, I, I, I feel inspired by these kind of weird stunts that he does. And I realized that David Blaine, um, there, you know, there's people who just don't get it or don't like it. They think it's stupid and silly. And then there's people like me who just see it as performance art, who just see somebody with some idea, some childlike wonder, um, and figures out how to get it done. You know, this isn't public money. YouTube paid for this stunt. He was able to hire a team of experts and they had the whole thing rigged with cameras and microphones and all sorts of instruments to measure everything from his height, the temperature, his ox- oxygen levels, all that kind of, oh, the vitals, of what's going on. 
Uh, he had to get a pilot's license in order to legally fly this because it was technically considered an aircraft once he took off in it. So he had to, ha he had to learn how to become a pilot. Um, he also had to learn how to skydive because in order to get out of this situation, he had to jump and, and uh, land in the desert floor in the sand. So the idea of like coming up with this little like, hey, I want to do that thing that that I, I, I had such wonder about when I was a kid and just hold on to a bundle of balloons and float through the air. And he, he, I mean, he got it to a crazy, crazy height. Uh, it was like almost 25,000 feet. And then he, uh, yeah, he parachuted down. Um, while his kid's watching too. That was so cute. Like the, as soon as he lands, you, you hear his kid get on the microphone and, and just, you know, congratulate him. And then he said something that like just every father watching that video at the same time had to have had the same thought. Cause he said, I did this all for you, honey. And all the fathers watching are just like, great. How do I, how do I beat that? <laughs> That's why they say comparison is the thief of joy. You definitely cannot compete with that. Um, as far as just cool, random stuff to do. But yeah, I, I do find it important. I find that kind of thing very important. Um, just like, you know, writing a song or, or creating a, a work of art. You know, it's not going to be for everybody, but for the people who connect with it, they'll get it and, and they'll, it'll warm their heart. It'll make them feel connected. That was one of the things that, um, in the, the previous podcast solo show that I did that came up, uh, with James Baldwin is, is, you know, the reason why people do things like art is to connect with each other and to, you know, in, in his mind, share their pain, share their struggle so that people know they're not alone. Um, and sometimes you just, it's whimsical. Sometimes you just, especially after a week like last week, the fact that if he had done this stunt last week, I think it would have, I think a lot of people might've been turned off because it was just such a heavy emotional week in this country. But the fact that he did it a week removed from all of that just heaviness. I think it was like, to me, it was, it, it was a breath of fresh air. Like I, I really enjoyed watching how he got it done and, and just watching him complete it and, and safely land and all of that. It, it was just really cool. By the way, Seth James Damore was my guest on the 20th episode of the JWN podcast. And I'll tell you what, man, I, he's such a positive and great uplifting guy. He is a breath of fresh air. But the weekend before I did that interview, which uh, it was my birthday weekend, and my wife took me away, just wonderfully took me away to Hilton Head, just me and her, took a long weekend, and we're on the beach in this beautiful resort. We had a pool. And I decided to drink, rare and, rare and appropriately drink, because if you have been paying attention to this podcast for a while, you know that I've kind of weaned myself off of alcohol. And 
I decided, okay, it's my birthday weekend. I can have some drinks. And immediately, like the results of why I stopped drinking reared themselves right back up again. I couldn't sleep, man. Every night during that trip at 3 a.m., I would just be like jolted awake. My heart would be pumping and I'm like, God, and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I was just groggy the next morning trying to get my life together and then, you know, hit the hair of the dog and just do it all over again. And it was like, I wasn't even drunk. I didn't even get to the point where I was drunk at any point during the weekend. I think Friday night, I got a little buzzed. The rest of the week, it was just kind of like, you know, a couple of drinks here for lunch uh, at lunch and a couple of drinks at dinner. Nothing much, but it didn't matter. Just even one drink. And I was just like, I couldn't sleep well, but we, we had a lot of fun regardless. You know, I, I went swimming in the, in the pool, went swimming in the ocean. I got stung three times by jellyfish trying to get some photos of the crashing waves. And I was just like, Oh, Oh, well, I guess it, it, you know, it wasn't too bad. It sucked, but not that bad. I did some boogie boarding despite the jellyfish problem. Yeah. And we took a boat, we took like a, a two man boat, uh, tour. So it was like these little rafts, these motorized rafts. And there was maybe about eight of these boats. And then we just did a tour around Hilton Head. And we had so much fun. We had such a good time. But by the time I got back, I hit the ground running, had to go back to work. I missed a couple of days of work. So I had to like really catch up. And then I did that interview with Seth Tuesday, uh, around five o'clock my time, right around quitting time. And I'll tell you what, man, I was not my, I was not myself. When I listened back to that podcast, I could hear my thoughts are not making it out of my mouth in any coherent fashion. And so I apologize to Seth. The podcast went off fine. I think it came out fine. I'm not, I'm just being overly critical of myself. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. If you are listening and you are a subscriber because of that podcast, I thank you so much. I am a, 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 an avid runner. This podcast is not about running though. So hopefully you understand that, but I will have other people involved in the running community uh, that are appropriately matched up to the creative aspect of this podcast uh, of what I'm trying to be focused on, but there's no rules. But to the people who don't run, I get it also because I've been in many conversations with friends of mine that don't run and I start talking about running. I could see their their eyes glaze over. It's not exciting talk for people who don't run. So thank you if you're if you've tuned in and hopefully I can provide some entertainment and some happiness to you and and some enrichment. Maybe you'll learn about some artists. Uh, I've got some uh, I've got two people coming up on my next podcast. I'm interviewing a couple. Uh, they're musicians and I'm so excited about it. I, I, I hesitate to even say who it is yet in case it doesn't happen because I haven't recorded it yet. And, and as we all have seen in the last uh, few years that anything can happen. Who knows? We might not have a country tomorrow. <laughs> That's a little negative, but you know, w- what can you do? The heat's been killing me, man. I, I, I'm losing my mind here every day as a person who likes to run, as a person who likes to get out there and do stuff every day. Yesterday, I went for a run and I, I, I couldn't finish it. Like, 
I started my run and like two miles in, I just, I had to stop. I, I thought it was going to pass out. The humidity is so crazy here in South Carolina right now. You know, I wake up every morning and the, the windows are just completely soaking wet from the humidity. You go outside and your sunglasses just immediately fog up. It's just that bad. And it's just hot and humid. And I'm just not built for this kind of, I'm not built for this kind of weather. But I'm trying to make it work, you know. Uh, I'm glad the pool opened up, but now that the school's back in session, so were the swim teams. And the last, I went to the pool this week to go get some laps in, and yeah, not only was the uh, our local high school sw- swim team swimming, but another high school was using the pool as well. So I had to kind of wait in line to get a a swimming lane. And there's three pool, there's three Olympic sized pools in this facility. And I still couldn't get a lane right off the bat, but it was fine. I was, I was happy to just be there. And once I got in the water, I was super excited to be swimming because it's a lot better than running right now. Another crazy thing that happened last week during the, the, the craziest longest week ever is I had this big photo job. I'm a photographer for those of you who are listening. That's one of my gigs. And I was shooting a a home for a home builder. And it's this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous home. It was giant. I hate to even call it a house. So not quite a mansion, but more than a house on deep water. It was this beautiful, beautiful estate. Um, And I I get there at the right time to set up my drone and I throw my drone up in the air and and it's hovering above me and I'm getting all of the exposure settings programmed into the drone while it's up in the sky pointing at the house and uh, as I'm doing that all of a sudden I hear this sound sounds like a weed whacker I guess it got too close to a branch for a tree that was nearby and usually uh, the drone has all these sensors. It, it doesn't even get close to any kind of structure. It'll just stop dead in its tracks. But I guess this branch was just not on the radar. And it pulled the drone into the tree. And oh my goodness. I was mortified. I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know what to do. There's no way to shoot the house without using a drone for the external photos because there's no way to get any of the external shots without it being completely, you couldn't get the whole house into one frame from the ground. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to do this job. And it was weird. It's not like a, a typical real estate listing or something like that where an agent lets you in and, and, and you know, if I had a problem, we could reschedule it. No, this was like a house that was built by a builder and it's already been sold to the people living there. And they were gracious enough to let us use the house to, to photograph some key elements of the home for this builder, for their marketing purposes, you know, so I really had one shot to get this done. And I, I was like, oh my goodness. And uh, the wife of the builder was there with me. She kind of handles all the marketing for this company. And I was like, okay, let's go see what they have in the garage. <laughs> let's get a ladder. They had a giant um, palm tree cutting apparatus that was like this big pole that extends none of it was long enough to get to the to how high up this drone was in the tree 
So I take the, I take a ladder up as high as I can go and I get up and it, it was a thin tree. It was a pine tree. Um, and I'm up on the top of the ladder holding the tree as high up as I can go shaking this tree. And I look over and this lady is taking pictures of me trying to get my drone out of the tree. I'm like, oh my God, this, there goes my whole, I'm going to lose this client. I'm going to piss off these, the, the homeowners. I'm going to, oh, the, I was just, all these thoughts are in my head. I care less about the drone. Um, I have insurance on that thing, but I was just worried about like the optics of this. Uh, but I did, I, I managed to get it down. It fell out of the tree after from vigorously shaking it for a little bit. And luckily the home, the home builder, they had a great sense of humor. They thought it was funny. I was able to get the shot and it came out perfectly. Everything came out beautifully. But holy cow, I mean, seriously, I have a, a backup drone just for that kind of occasion, just in case something goes wrong. Because the, the problem with drones are you never know, you know, some sort of radio frequency can hit it and it can just fly off. Something can go wrong. It, it happens. It's rare, but it does happen. So I, I have a, a spare drone just in case uh, for, and I didn't bring it with me. <laughs> So I was just kicking myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, this happens. You know, because if I had my spare drone, I would just go use the other drone, take the pictures I needed, and then worry about it later after I'm done with the job. You know, and not have to bother them about it. But no. <sighs> Lesson learned. Bring your spare. Uh, be prepared for the worst that can happen. Because it will happen at some point. But that's just another notch in the photography belt of stupid things that have happened to me. <laughs> what can you do, man? What can you do? So, um, another thing that happened during the longest week ever. <laughs> there, there's, there were good things that happened during this week. I promise. This is one of them. Mike Catalaro, who I, I interviewed on this podcast before. You can go check that out. Look in the uh, back catalog, jwnpod.com. He's a comic book creator. He's an artist. He is also a a writer, comic book writer. And he he has put his own... It's technically a children's series. It's called Nico Bravo. But I find them fantastic. Like, and I'm 44 years old now. Like, I, I think they're fantastic. I think they're great. They're like little graphic novels. Not little. They're, you know, they're substantial. It's Nico Bravo and the Cellar Dwellers. And it's the sequel to his first in the Nico Bravo series of graphic novels uh, called Nico Bravo and the Hound of Hades. I've, I think they're fantastic. It's just super well done. So super well written, wonderful characters, original story. Uh, go listen to that podcast, go check it out and, and, uh, pick up a copy. They're so good. I mean, and if you have a kid, you can read it to them. Uh, but if you're like me, I actually let my son read them because I was just like, Hey, check these out. He's, you know, 16. I think at this point he wants there to be blood and gore and everything. He loves fantasy stuff. Uh, but there's, you know, there's battles and there's, there's fun. It's whimsical. It's, it's all about various different, um, mythological creatures and gods and and they have a little shop where they buy all their wares and and it's it's fun and it's good and it came out during the worst week ever so go buy a couple copies and help uh 
and help make Mike's day because they're really good. It's well worth the money. And there you have it. Um, again, reach out to me, show at jwnpod.com or at Joe Latex, J-O-E-L, the number eight X on Instagram or Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to talk about. What Maybe I'll get some of, some of you guys on the podcast during one of these solo shows. I'll do some phone calls and we'll talk about what's going on. I'd love to hear from you. All right. I hope you have a great week and I will see you guys on Monday with another interview show. And I promise it will be a fun, fun interview because they are a fun couple and they are fantastically talented. See you.